dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Let's go with another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. So glad to all have you all here with me. So cliche, but I say it because I mean it from the heart. My next guest is no stranger to Cannabis Radio. No, she's one of the original show hosts on the network when we started back up in 2015, having hosted 44 episodes of Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Oh, I just spoiled who our guest is. She was the muse for the Nancy Botwin character on the popular Showtime series Weeds, served as a consultant on Netflix's Disjointed. Good series. Go look for it. And despite not being a medical doctor, she's best known by the nickname Dr. Dina, which was given to her by her fellow cannabis enthusiast, Snoop Dogg. And now she is the host of Coffee Talk on Clubhouse and also the co-founder of Alternative Health, Herbal Health Services in West Hollywood, California. Would you welcome Dr. Dina to Blunt Business? Dr. Dina, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is exciting, Blunt Business. It's I love a, it. I love know, the name. And it's funny to get the the side of getting people on the on the business side of this where, you know, we're not like uh, not the casual enthusiast type of conversations we might hear, uh, you know. But, again, the chance to have you on here to get your take on several issues is important. And one of the things I want to ask you about, first of all, is the fact that you have one of the, become one of the early adopters by the Invite by Only Clubhouse. Now, for those that are completely – just don't know, I'm going to teach you about Clubhouse very briefly – NBC News described Clubhouse as the new social media platform based on live audio conversations. It began as a space dominated by Silicon Valley and tech influencers, steadily grown over the last few months into a broader platform. Everybody from U.S. billionaires to Chinese dissidents. You've had talks by Bill Gates and Elon Musk, capturing the attention of many. And now there's 10 million global installs. You've jumped on to create a cannabis industry chat called Coffee Talk, which we actually produced a couple of pilot episodes on Zoom together. So, you know, you already kind of had an like, idea of where you wanted to go with this conversation. But so far, talk to me about the engagement you've gotten from the new series. How's it been received? Getting back into the Well, first of all, of how, funny, how funny is this? Is that we started doing Coffee Talk together uh, like a year and a half ago before the, the pandemic. Yes. And we started using Zoom, which no one had ever heard of. And we thought, what is this incredible platform? This is so great. We can all see each other. Right. You know, remember those days? That wasn't that long ago, Brasco. So, you know, we've we've grown so much from then. And I think getting everybody together on video is great when you have a set time, like a 30-minute show or an hour right. show, because you have to really be on because you're on camera. But then when Clubhouse came out, and honestly, it was such an interesting time perfect timing for me because this quarantine obviously uh, was really hard. Miss your friends, you miss hugs and, you know, getting together with people and socializing. And and in October, uh, actually on Halloween, my father passed away unexpectedly. And I was so just, you know, it was the end of the pandemic towards the end, you know, he passes and going through the procedures of having to, you know, bury a loved one during a pandemic yeah. is so awful because you can't really have anyone there. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't feel like I was supported and loved. I didn't get the hugs. And all of a sudden, you know, I looked down and I had this invite 
for this app called Clubhouse that mm-hmm. someone had sent me months before. And I was like, I don't have time for another social media app. <laughs> but after, you know, two months of being depressed over my father, I said, you know what, I'm going to download this and see what it is. And instantly I was like, what the heck? I was thrown into a room with a bunch of people that I already know welcoming me to this app. And I realized that it's like radio, but live and interactive. And all of a sudden I was speaking to all these people, you know, to call your friends, you'd have to pick up the phone and call them and you get stuck on the phone for, you know, who knows how long gossiping about life and catching up. But this, you go on and like 50 of your friends could be on at the same time. And it's just a really fun experience of hanging out, learning so many amazing things. I started a club called Cannabis Confidential. Uh, so I wanted to hopefully run um, our our podcast, which I want to come back and start doing with you guys right. um, under this club. And so I started running, a, I started a group called Coffee Talk and it's spelled C-O-U-G-H-Y, hence like coughing <laughs> after taking a dab <laughs> or hitting that joint in the right. morning. Right. And so I put together a group of, it started with just women, international um, I was in Spain a couple years ago and I met all these incredible women from all over the world and we were hanging out, smoking together. And I just thought, you know, what a great vibe. And I would love to share this vibe with other people. So when I had the opportunity, when, you know, Clubhouse is international and I was able to get all of these women on this app and it's just so much easier. They don't have to do their hair and their makeup. You know, they can get up in the morning, roll out of bed and go right on and boom, you're in the mix. And that's, what's really cool. You never know who you're going to be in a room with or on a panel with, um, you know, some days I'm hanging out with Snoop Dogg on a panel, um, you know, for ladies night or with, you know, some of the dog pound or some of the sharks from shark tank. I had an interesting conversation with Kevin from shark tank, uh, about, about, uh, uh, the future of psychedelics and mushrooms. I mean, so it's just, it's fascinating what people are talking about and what we can learn. From and you're one simplifying another. the access to get people to go ahead and jump on and talk with you. An exclusive crowd. You don't have to. I mean, if you're not one of the celebrities making three million dollars for a series to do a podcast to get in front of a microphone, which feels like every somebody's done in the last year, then you're able to go and do this access here. Because again, the original video concept was to do international to connect all and bridge all these great women together, and everybody's kind of enjoying it. Uh, and imbibing on the camera at the same time. And in this case here, the same idea. But it's funny, where audio comes back to where we are. It's like, we're going to simplify it again. No more video. Let's go back to audio again. It's like, and you know what happened, I think, too, is the fact that we saw so many damn Zoom calls throughout the last year, like on the Today exactly. Show or, or like any like award broadcast. Everything like, get was the hell Zoom. out of here. Everything was Zoom. I was I'm so sick of Zoom. And everyone yes. was sick of Zoom. And they're... The fact that you can have the, you know, your your AirPods in your ears and right. be listening in to this conversation, and you could be cleaning your house, you could be at work, you could be driving, <laughs> and you know, you don't have to be looking into a camera yet. You could still be part of the conversation, and there's some fascinating conversations on there. Some are just hangout rooms, and they remind me of the old party lines back in the day, with yeah. you know, just random people getting together, and mm-hmm. you you make this friendship and. Uh, I think because there's no direct messaging on there, there's no photos or video. It's just so simplified of just, you know, someone actually said the perfect analogy for me was it's like 
you know, you're conscious, you're, 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 your conscience has, is floating. Your, your energy and your spirit has left your body and it's floating around with a bunch of different people's energies. Um, and that's what it feels like because it, it, it separates our body from our voice. Yeah. Um, and you really connect on a deeper level. I, I feel like people's walls are, are down because of this app. People are not afraid to cry when they tell a story. And it, it's just very personal and wonderful. Yeah. The networking is great to get that back again. But here's the thing that now we're going to get back to some point where I already know Hollywood. I, I follow a lot what's going on in Hollywood and show business. They're all wanting to get back, get them back in the offices, get back to normal, get back to regular production of all the projects they do. So some of that's going to start happening and the celebrities are going to have to start going back to work. But it's like, who's going to be on here? And then who's going to stand out? Once again, a new space. Who's going to stand out in social audio and become you know, the next influencers are going to be the next people who are going to get a chance to talk. And again, it's the access of being able to do this on a regular basis. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, they don't allow Android users at the moment. I hear that they're going to start letting them in um, in May of 21. So that's pretty soon, which right. is exciting. Um, and if you are wanting to join Clubhouse and you don't have an invite, uh, and you're in the cannabis industry and you're excited and interesting and you're a real person and you don't have a blocked profile, go to my Instagram, send me a DM. And uh, if you ask nicely, maybe I'll just send you an invite because I have a bunch. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. So <laughs> and now how often can we uh, can uh, listeners that are that have Clubhouse, you know, installed, how often can they catch Coffee Talk? So we do Coffee Talk. You know, smoke amongst <laughs> yourselves. Uh, we do a coffee talk on Monday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific Coast time. We usually end it somewhere around 11 or 12 uh, in the afternoon. Sometimes it goes longer depending on how exciting the room is. But, you know, we go a good three, four hours, which is a lot of content oh, and yeah. a lot of interesting people. But we have so many interesting characters and personalities and voices that we want to share with you all. So, I think it's just really informative. Um, I've been tracking the analytics of, of my rooms and, you know, it's thousands of people go in and listen to these rooms and they average, you know, about 30 minutes of listening time, which is really fascinating. Like they're really listening like they were listening to a podcast. Yeah. By the way, now the, the chance for people to go and continue to stay in touch with you throughout this pandemic, because I know you put a lot of flashbacks up on your Instagram page and you're still, you know, still posting. But again, there's there's not a whole lot we could do to post because everybody's kind of just been quarantined this whole time. How have you handled that? I mean, besides what happened in October, you know, just the fact that you haven't had a chance to get out there and branch out with others. Otherwise, what you're doing um, at work. You know, I've been doing a lot of uh, consulting work with different cannabis businesses. Mm -hmm. um, I am also known as an influencer in this space. Uh, because I have a large following on social media. And so because of that, I have companies that reach out to me that want me to, you know, advertise for them. And, and so I've been doing a lot of that lately um, and helping people figure out how to market their products and their now, business. What I want to ask, too, is that because I've on the show, I've, I've actually talked quite a bit about the fact of how the, the spokespeople for cannabis, and in, in, in certain cases for brands or whatnot, whether they're celebrities or influencers, um, talk to me about the dynamic there because I feel like influencers are taking over the market when it comes to marketing over 
what celebrities are out there, they'll be able to push a plan, push their own products themselves, or being you know brought in to go ahead and be the spokesperson. Um, do you get a lot of interaction with some of those that are in that space that are marketing and influencing, or or as a celebrity, and you know what they need to do to be in there? If should there be separate separate lanes, and who's getting uh, more popular? You know, it's it's an interesting thing that you brought that up because the cannabis space is not a normal industry. We mm-hmm. have fought really hard and long and have suffered at the hands of the government for too long. Yep. Um, and now that we are legal, it's very hard for us to watch celebrities step in and kind of take over the industry. Um, it hasn't been something that has been very popular. People have not really supported big celebrity brands. Um, if anything, it's the opposite. They tend to support the smaller brands, the yeah. mom and pops, the, you know, and so I, I, it's, you know, we were talking about advertising earlier uh, with another client mm-hmm. and it's a very difficult situation. How do you, if you have a brand, um, let, let's say, for example, you make a special joint and you think your joint is wonderful for whatever reason that it is. Maybe it's the packaging, maybe what's, what's put inside it's the price point, it's the rolling paper, who knows, who cares? Everyone has something great mm-hmm. or different. But if you come up with this joint, how are you going to market the joint? Well, that's where the, the problem comes in because we're still federally illegal. And yep. so companies like Instagram, companies like you know um, TikTok, for example, yeah. TikTok does not allow any cannabis on no. screen at all. <laughs> if they see it, you will be banned for life. Yeah. So hmm. you, you can't be a, a, a TikTok uh, influencer unless you're being very creative to not show the product that you're getting paid to actually show. So that no brand is going to pay for that. No. Um, Instagram, you know, the, the influencers are kind of where it's at. The way I see it Agreed. is you have a bunch of a bunch of, you know, I call them kids because they're much younger than me, um, but <laughs> some are older. Who knows? But they're cannabis enthusiasts, and they use cannabis in their life. And, you know, they might not own a dispensary like me, but they get out there and they promote. And it's easier to pay a bunch of influencers to post about your product because if their page gets taken down, it's not your problem. It's theirs. Right. Plus, and also, um, I've always had, know, heard that discussion, that argument where if it's a celebrity, listen, they're professional. They got agents. They got managers. They're going to show up on time. They're going to get their work done. They're going to be efficient. So the dynamics there. And actually, personally with you, Dr. Neal, I, I don't know felt, what celebrities you're talking about. <laughs> I've had people try to tell me they Showing do that. Showing up on time? Come on. <laughs> I've heard it. Maybe this, you know, you know, I, I've, I've maybe... I've been told that. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm being a little bit trusting as all, but I'll tell you what, for you, Dr. Dana, I always felt like you've told the line between celebrity and influencer. I think you do it both ways. I think you're actually able to go ahead and play both sides of the card. A little bit, a little bit, you know, I, I have been working on, uh, I haven't announced it yet. So I'll do a soft announcement here, mm-hmm. but I am working on a future brand for myself a Dr. Dina brand of products, nice. which I think will be really interesting, you know? And, and so for me, that's not a celebrity brand as it is like a can, a true cannabis legacy brand. Right. And that's the difference is if you bring in a celebrity 
to co-sign on your product. And there are plenty of them like this, and I'm not going to out them by name. Right. But if you ask them, have you ever smoked cannabis? And they respond with never in my life. I would be a little concerned. I wouldn't want to buy that brand because at that point, you don't really care about the product or what it does. You care about money and you're an opportunist. And this brand, this business is going to implode on itself if we continue to put dollars into brands that are opportunist brands and don't look out for the people that created this industry. Very good point. We're going to go to commercial break. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Dina once again. And I want to go ahead and talk to you about your, your, where you are in California because there's a number of issues that have popped up. You've talked about marketing right now. Just before we go to break, I want to ask you about the advertising side because there's a big story coming out right now, a fight over billboards. My God, I can't believe we we're into that. We're going to come back after a short break up here with, again with Dr. Dina here on Blunt Business back after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. I'm back once again with Dr. Dina, host of Coffee Talk on Clubhouse. Also, you remember her from Cannabis Radio doing the show Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina, co-founder of Alternative Health, Herbal Health Services in West Hollywood, California. Now, Politico, I want to bring a story that came up from them. They reported, quote, a fight in the California state legislature over cannabis-related billboards that have sprung up around the state advertising tools the industry says are necessary to support the struggling legal market, but that opponents argue expose children to a potentially harmful substance. The common story. Some of the issues in contention include where licensed marijuana operations can market their businesses and products in public, with one proposing a ban on any cannabis-related billboard that can be seen from a highway. So the industry relies on outdoor advertising because, you mentioned earlier, Google, YouTube, Facebook largely bar them from marketing to consumers online, and this long-term ban could hinder the ability to compete against an expansive network of unlicensed businesses that don't pay taxes or regulatory fees and therefore can sell cheaper products. So these hurdles here, as we talked about earlier, what have you done to work around to continue to promote and publicize what you're doing or you know, your business is doing? It's funny you said that about the billboards because they can be on a highway. Uh-huh. They just can't be on a highway that crosses over a state line. <laughs> and so, for example, I have a dispensary and a cultivation and a manufacturing facility out in Palm Desert in Cathedral City, which is out near Palm Springs. Uh-huh. And from L.A., it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Uh, I, I drive out there, and on the 10 freeway, when I start approaching the Palm Springs, Every single billboard is a cannabis billboard. Wow. I call it we- entering Weed City, USA. <laughs> and it, it makes me happy. I actually count I, every time I keep track of how many weed billboards I see on the way to my store. And I believe wow. the last time I went, I counted 27. Wow. So literally every billboard be- is a cannabis 
Memphis Billboard except for a casino. Um, and I believe there's one for Hadley's dates. <laughs> like that's, those are the only ones that were not cannabis, uh, enough to where I noticed that. And so, uh, yeah, it, the casinos, the, the lovely dates grown out in the, the Coachella Valley and cannabis. Well, here's the problem. The 10 freeway, once you pass uh, uh, Palm Springs and Cathedral City and Palm Desert, you keep driving an hour and you hit Arizona, yeah. which means all of those billboards are now illegal. Well, not only illegal, but we've paid – you have to – you can't just put up a billboard. You have to sign a contract, right? And yeah. they try to get you for a year. So if you go and you sign a contract for a year and then now they're saying – that if you're on that, you know, I, I'm stuck paying for this billboard, basically, regardless mm-hmm. um, whether I can put something on it or not, which wow. is insane. Yeah. So there's just a million different ways to lose. Billboards are not, you know, ideal on a highway. It's great to have in your local neighborhood by your store. Um, and we do see those all over West Hollywood as well. Um, but there are rules. I mean, you can't show people smoking. They're not showing the product. They're showing, you know, they have to make sure they have their license number on that billboard. Uh, and, and there have been people that have gotten in trouble for posting the wrong things up there. You have to yeah. be really careful. No, agreed. Um, I want to go and take in, you know, kind of mentioned a little bit in the last question about the illicit market. I want to ask you about that. From the California Globe. Uh, they mentioned that California's legal recreational medicinal cannabis industry is not only, quote, unquote, the biggest government sanctioned market in the nation, but also, quote, the biggest legal marijuana market in the world, according to a new report by the Government Accountability Institute. Interesting information. The reach of the unregulated market remains a major concern, as estimates have revealed $8.7 billion in black market sales of the total California market. $12 billion in cannabis and related products in 2019. That's crazy. So those obstacles still exist. And I know that the, the Bureau of Cannabis Control, God bless them, they are, with law enforcement, trying to crack down on illicit markets. There's a lot of that. New York just got legalized. I can only imagine what they're going to try to be able to do to even try to create a dent in the illicit cannabis market there. But as it goes here, talk to me about you know what you've learned about, you know in your neck of the woods, the issue with the illicit market, and what law enforcement is doing about it? Well, first of all, I want to say that this California created this problem themselves because they made the barrier for entry so impossible and so expensive that people just said, why bother? I have my, you know, my grow that I've been doing for 20-something years. I'm not paying taxes on it. Why should I have to pay all this money and pay taxes when I have the same people that want to buy the product? So... It's very difficult, especially when you are a licensed business owner in the state and you're paying tremendous amounts of money in licensing fees every year to stay like to stay legal. And then you have uh, Joe Blow that opens up down the street in a legal shop, you know, a trap shop, and the city will try to stop them by cutting their their power and their water off, and they just bring in a generator, and they continue to operate. So it is a problem. Um, and it's a problem because California has literally made it so difficult that these people don't want to get involved in the licensed trade. If California loosened its laws and said, okay, we're not going to charge, we're going to charge 10% of, of these licensing fees and we're going to drop the sales tax and we're going to drop the manufacturing tax and cultivation tax, you know, I think that more people would jump on board. 
But just like people are scared to get a vaccine right now, Brasco, people were scared to get a license. Right. They don't trust the government, and the government has not been trustworthy to these people over the years. No, and the fact that the governor wants more tax revenue, but how are you going to get more tax revenue when you charge the extra tax you do? I mean, what, if vape pens, I believe, are the, are the highest in any market right now in the, in the states, you have the, issue, the same thing with plant. And then, you know, probably whatever taxes they probably get off of all the constant delivery that's being done of the flower across, you know, the entire state with all these different deliver, delivery markets that are doing the same idea. So... You have that. The state and- is making most of the money here, not not the people with the licenses. There are a few people that are really funneling on. They're sticking to one concept, whether it's cultivation um, or manufacturing. If they are doing it right, they actually are making money, and there are a few people doing so. Very few people doing so. The rest of the industry is hurting very badly right now. Why? Because we can't compete with the black market. If I were to go make a vape pen, I have to cultivate the flowers or purchase them from somebody. I have to pay a cultivation tax. I have to take it to an extractor. I have to pay the extraction company and the manufacturing tax. I have to package it up. I have to pay a distribution company or my own, which I still have to pay to get someone to put it in a car, drive it to whatever facility they are in, drop it off. Um, It's extremely expensive. And you have product that is going to expire. It's all, you know, everything has an expiration date. It all has a shelf life. And you are now kind of forced to hurry and sell things so you don't lose money because the state requires that they get paid in advance of their taxes. Wow. So it's, it's a really tough situation. The other problem is if you're a distribution company and you sell cannabis to a licensed facility and you give them net, let's say net 30 to pay their bill. Mm -hmm. Okay. What happens when they don't pay it? You now are responsible for paying the excise tax to wow. the state for that product, regardless of whether you collected the money or not. And you owe the manufacturer the money for the product or the person that, you know, you're, you're, that made it. So it's, there's a lot of people that have lost a lot of money. And I really hope that this doesn't happen in other states. I know that New York uh, looks like their legislation. I haven't finished reading it, but it's right. just way better than California. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I guess, the, well, the one issue for New York is going to be the fact of where they're going to be able to build dispensaries, where the cultivation is going to be. Because uh, I had uh, someone from a study group that actually uh, a group called Consensus Strategies talking about how when they did sample a survey of, of residents about in the city itself where they don't want to have it. They, they want to, they're happy with, with cannabis being legal, but to have the stores within their neighborhoods and having the issues there, same thing with other markets when it comes to where can you, where can you put grow houses or, or greenhouses or sites for cultivation, the same idea goes there. But again, there's just so much expanse space in California that you can do. It, it should not be this hard in California. California should not have so much difficulty. And it's like you said, they could do better in – I've heard people always talk about they could do better with compliance. They could always do better with, you know, the way they can crack down on the market, on the illicit market. And just so many things they could do. I mean, it's, I wish there would be some reasonable, you know, consensus here to go and find some way to get this better off. But, you know, we're this is where um, – I mean, is, is there anything that, that's being said where – are there any potential proposals that might help alleviate some of this that you've heard about that 
are coming down the line? Uh, there are a few people working on some interesting things. Okay. I just can't say too much right now. <laughs> well, at least we have that to go off of. So anyway, I want to ask you uh, one other thing in the state of California when it comes to this is amazing. We're going to come to go to a break. But again, we saw what happened in Oregon and where they did a full legalization of other drugs. The same thing's being proposed in California. We're going to fill you in on all details coming up after a short break here. I'm here with Dr. Dina here on Blunt Business back after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here again with Dr. Dina host of Coffee Talk on Clubhouse, Cannabis Confidential Dr. Dina here on Cannabis Radio, and again, co-founder, I'm going to say it right this time, of Alternative Herbal Health Services in West Hollywood, California, beautiful part of the world. Marijuana Moment, they recently reported this, that California's Senate Public Safety Committee passed a bill to decriminalize psychedelics that if enacted into law, it would remove criminal penalties for possessing or sharing a wide range of psychedelics, including psilocybin mushrooms, DMT, ibogaine, LSD, and MDMA for adults 21 and older, and would also provide for the expungements of prior convictions for offenses that make it lawful. That part looks good. So the thoughts on, your, on this bill, Dr. Dina, and if you see it's helping and hurting businesses like yours, is this something where if it's made legal, would this be products that could be seen in one of your dispensaries someday? That would have to, you know... They would have to legalize it, uh, yeah. and it would be have to be brought into the Bureau of Cannabis Control, which right. it probably won't be. Okay. Um, I know there are people that are working on certain products that have both cannabis or CBD and psilocybin in it, which uh -huh. is really interesting. Right. Um, I do believe that there's a lot of medicinal benefit to mushrooms. Yes. Uh, I haven't. I can't say I've studied it the way I've, I've had experience with cannabis just because I've literally, you know, had a dispensary for 19 years and have had the experience of talking to people and watching them heal themselves for 19 years using cannabis. So I kind of know what works and what doesn't. However, I've learned so much about psilocybin in the last uh, probably three to five years, you know, and I've always been aware of it, but in the last three to five years, I've just been doing so much research and, I really truly believe it should be legalized. Um, you know, I would love to have a store selling mushrooms, but I don't think that it's going to be a comp a competition type thing with cannabis because cannabis users tend to 
Um, you know, the real hardcore users, they're smoking all day. Yeah. Um, they, they incorporate it in their life. I don't think people are going to be using mushrooms in the quali- the quantity that they use cannabis. I could be wrong, um, but there are there are studies, you know, you, you do microdosing, which is good for you. Mm-hmm. It's such a small dose, and you don't want to take it every day. You, you, otherwise, you start building up a tolerance. So I think that it it's exciting. I'd like to see where this takes us. Um, and I do think that we should be decriminalizing the use of, of these drugs. And, you know, today is a very sad day because uh, I'm sure you saw on the news that DMX passed away. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, he was an incredible guy, but he spoke openly about the fact that when he was 14 years old, someone gave him a blunt that was laced with crack cocaine. Mm. And he became addicted to crack cocaine ever since. And this it killed him. His addiction killed him. And yeah. in the past, he had been he had been caught with drugs. He was sent to jail. And I don't think that was the answer to getting him the help that he needed. Right. I think that once you decriminalize and you, you, you try to help people, and instead of putting them in jail, we, we put them in a facility that helps them with their, their addiction. That's what the focus it should be on, not, not prison. Yeah, I agree. And... As we see in some of the cases when it comes to New York and the legalization going to do, they're doing a lot when it comes to expungement and trying to go and also make a lot of uh, people that might have been getting past offenses, give them a second chance to go ahead and be able to enter into the in the industry and make a, you know, a, get a chance at a second chance. Those kind of things are really good stories, but it's a matter of, you know, I was wondering if it would be something where it would kind of, if it would complement. What will be brought into? I, I actually think the way that most social equity is built is actually racist in itself. Um, and I say yeah. that because okay. they give out licenses to people who they know don't have the, the business experience to run these types of businesses. They give them a license. They tell them to find uh, an investor, right? And they make the rules so that the social equity partner has to hold on to at least you know 51% of that license for, I believe, three years before they can sell it. And it takes three years to build a business. And so essentially they made it so that, you know, the first three years, all the money gets put into the company. The, the social equity participant is making no money. If anything, he's building, he or she is building debt. And then the investors can come in and push them out. And so I don't think that's what we were meaning to do when we created social equity. Right. Um, and that's why I think it's really important to have, you know, there's some kind of fund to help these people financially to where they don't bring in these, these scandalous partners that come in and steal your business from you. And it's well, happened to me. It's happened to people all around me. And that's the thing. Cannabis as a whole is discriminated. I mean, it, it, just the fact that the social equity, just you said right there, that's just a step on the rung of the ladder of discrimination. Because once you get your business up, the landlord, you know, based on how the business is, I've heard the stories here in South Florida when they build up new, uh, medical cannabis facilities, the variances, the signage, you know, that the rent could be taken away at any time or they could be evicted at any time because of the type of leases they get put together on because there's no support financially. There's no support from the government at all trying to get this all put together. These kind of things happen. So, again, it's just another hurdle to go cross over. Right. In Florida, it's so ridiculous because they created such a monopoly. I mean, how many stores does each company own in Florida? I mean, I think it's it's like five or six that I see of running. Right. Yeah. 
they, it, they have 25 stores or something. I mean, it's Grow Healthy has got, Sertera has got a whole lot. Yeah. And there's only, it, it's only just a handful. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's a small handful of people that they, you know, handpicked to become the, the marijuana millionaires is what they call them. Pretty much. And cannabis is, cannabis is not a plant that's supposed to be, you know, controlled like that. They're, they're building a monopoly. It should not be a monopoly ever. It should be an open free market. Yeah, because I can tell you there's there's not much social equity in some of those uh, businesses as well, I would imagine, when I look at it from the outside. But either which way, these are the kind of fights we Agreed. have to continue to fight. That's all there is to it. And uh, that's why, you know, it's like you said on your show, talking about weed warriors, you are the ultimate weed warrior in my book because I know I can come to you and I can talk to you about all these different issues. And, again, so sound advice you give. And, like I said, California, we want to do well. But there's just so much here. And then also, it reflects the rest of the country. Because I'd love to see California become that real role model for where the industry is going to go. Because we know down the line, you know, just saying, that the industry is already getting brought over the finish line, eventually for legalization. I was a little concerned now because of the fact that Big Alcohol and Big Tobacco have come together in a lobbying group called CPAIR to go across. We're going to talk to the executive director on this show very soon. I want, to make, I want to know how much money they're putting into it, what are they going to do to get in there, and what are they going to do for things like social equity and trying to you know, balance the, the playing field. And who's going to have a seat at the table? That's the phrase I like more than anything else, is that for cannabis to do well, you want everyone to have a seat at the table to be able to have a voice. That's what I'm hoping Exactly. I, I love that. You know, I never got into this industry for the money. I got into it because it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hold on one second. Sorry. I got into it because it was the right thing to do. I wanted to help people. And it's hard for me to watch this because the, the people who really needed it aren't getting access to the medicine they were getting before. Yeah. Um, they're not getting compassion. They're not getting free product. Uh, and, and people rely on this. It's medicine. Yeah, exactly. We can't forget that. And in the words of Dennis Perone, whose 75th birthday was yesterday, may he wow. rest in peace. Yes. You know, said all use is adult use. I mean, all use is medical use. You, you had, we had Dennis on the show that yes, one time. Did. Yes, we did. Um, that was a really special, special thing to have. And he really, you know, he, he put it that he hated legalization. He hated the idea of it. And uh, he always believed that it was all medical use. And that everyone that comes in to use cannabis in my shop, are coming in because they have a medical reason to do so. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dina, as always, wonderful to have you here on with us, especially I'm grateful to have you here on Blunt Business. And I know that in some way, shape, or form, we're working to get you back uh, to do some more stuff on Cannabis Radio. If we can get the Coffee Talk episodes or we get you back doing more Cannabis Confidential episodes, we start up another season of it. I'm looking forward to it. Always love Let's having you do it. with us. Let's I'll always love it. working and with I, you. we got to get you on Clubhouse with me that'd be so much fun I, i'm working on it like i said when the android users we get gotta to get go, you an iphone forget your android go get an iphone you're missing out man ah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get an ipad come oh, on those things are man it, it's i you know i, you I know someone that has an old phone that they're not using an old iphone i guess so i'm a i'm a, a non-conformist what can i say i can't do what everybody else does i know you I know. <laughs> All right, we're well, gonna be on soon enough, though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, again, so 
Let me go ahead and make sure we do a little bit of plugging. Once again, Coffee Talk, available. you can watch it on Club, or listen to it on Clubhouse. Of course, uh, Alternative Health, Herbal Health Services, West Hollywood, California. Website is ahhsweho.com. Of course, look for you on your website, drdina420420.com. And Dr. Dina420 on Instagram, Facebook, and look for her on YouTube. Dr. Dina, again, as always, so grateful to have you. Love working with you. Well, I definitely can continue to stay connected. Thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. You too. And thank you, listeners, for listening in. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.